our typical hunks. Hello, and thank you for listening in to the second episode of Typical Hunks. My name is TJ Cornet. And I'm Simon Sal. And we are your Typical Hunks, talking about Typical Hunk topics, bringing in Typical Hunk guests, which is uh, what we're going to do today. Somebody looking good. I like those glasses that you brought in. Thanks, man. I've had them for a while, but we haven't seen each other in a long time. So, and I don't like to wear my glasses that much, but yeah, yeah I like them. I, I go through weird phases of like contacts glasses. Whenever like I'm yeah. working out, obviously contacts, but oh, totally. Most most of them I prefer my contacts as well. Um, but hopefully, I can get LASIK soon. Yeah. Then just leave it all behind. Yeah. Well, um, we're, today we're very excited, uh, and 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 we're happy that you've joined us. We're bringing in our first typical hunk guest. We we would love to make this some uh, somewhat of an interview show just to get to know people. Um, and today we're interviewing someone very close to me, my older brother, uh, Ray J. Um, it's, I'm very excited to, to speak with him and to uh, get to get to know him maybe a little bit better from, a, from an aspect, maybe pull out some questions that uh, normally we wouldn't be able to ask him. Alright, and here he is, the man of the hour, the first invited guest hunk on Typical Hunks, Mr. Ray J. Cornet. Thank you for joining us, Ray J. Thank you for having me. Uh, so we'd like to begin um, just by asking a couple questions and, and get a little background information from you. So tell us about uh, your family. <laughs> you mean you? <laughs> yeah, tell us about your family. Well... Mostly your little brother, who happens to be very good looking. <laughs> what a hunk. <laughs> uh, very traditional household with a mom and a dad of male and female origins, respectively. Would you say they follow their traditional... Gender binaries? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I would agree with that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I'm the eldest of, I think, only two other siblings. And where were you born? In uh, Germany. Oh, what? I, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is why we do these things. So uh, so tell us, Germany, why, why is that? Well, uh, parents met in the Air Force over there, both based outside of Spangdalem Air Force Base in Germany. And I was born on a military hospital right outside Bitburg, which uh, has since closed, but I hear that they have fantastic beer called Bitburger beer. But, so, but you've never had this beer? No. Uh, I haven't found it stateside yet. And actually, I think it'd be cool to actually, if, if I do find it, I, I would hold off and wait and try it until I actually visit Bitburg. And try it there at the brewery. Wait, you said Bitburg doesn't exist anymore? Uh, no, no. Bitburg's the city. Oh, okay. Yeah, the the Spangdalem Air Force Base is oh. since closed okay. in that city. Is it gotcha. because of its goofy name? Is that why it closed? Spangdalem. Spangdalem. <laughs> I suppose so. That that and the whole Cold War ending. Okay, so you uh, you're born in Germany, yes. um, and I assume you made your way to the states somehow. West Germany, born in West Germany. West Germany, that's yeah. right. Before it was combined. Wait, are you considered a German citizen? 
Uh, no, since I was born on American soil. Right. Okay, Air Force. Yeah. Right. Makes sense. And I don't think Germany does the. I may be wrong. I'm about. I don't think Germany does the whole. Uh, you co citizenship until you're 18. Mm. Yeah. I mean, you're past 18 though, so. Or are you? That I am. <laughs> <laughs> that we know of. Yeah, yeah. Um, Underage, so typical hunk. <laughs> <laughs> We can't say that. <laughs> Not on this podcast. Um, so uh, so you make your way stateside, I assume. Make my way, yeah. And well, what was that song? Where was that song leading to? You know. It's a traditional German song. No, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> and they normally like to cut it off at yeah. the first two words. It's about to start talking about you know pretzels and uh, Lederhosen. Yeah, blood <laughs> horse. So, so you make your way stateside, um, and what happens there? What where, where do you go from? So... Stateside, um, wind up in Colorado Springs, Colorado, which houses the Air Force Academy, which our dad attended, and that's where you were born. So they say. So they say. <laughs> so they say. So they tell I me. See. You know, at this point, I, I think I'm about six months old, so no recollection of any of this whatsoever. Yeah. And or you. Oh, yeah, which is probably for the best. I wish I had no recollection of me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like knowing me. <laughs> so, um, so uh, you, you go to Colorado. Um, was that it? Did you move around more after that? Sure. Or was it a very stable childhood for you? No. Um, from Colorado, we went to, and you know, this is a transition period for the whole family. Mom was getting was out of the Air Force. Dad had left the Air Force and was now signing on with American Airlines. And so from Colorado, we went to uh, Sharpsburg, Georgia, which is just a couple miles north where we are here in Noonan. And uh, he's you know big old Delta hub in Hartsfield, Jackson is a huge international airport. So that's where he signs on with American Airlines. And so we are in Sharpsburg for. I want to say about two years or so, but um, this is where Dad's parents are in uh, the western part of the state, and uh, where our sister was also born. I think my parents actually came to Sharpsburg too. Yeah, when they first came to Georgia, um, they came from Chicago. But uh, yeah, I think they were there for like a few months, and then they settled in Newton. So <laughs> I wonder if there's any overlap. Yeah, that's like, <laughs> I wonder if they were in the same town now. Actually, at the same time. Like, oh, wait, was this before you were born? Or? No, this is after in like '94ish. Um, How old were you? Um, like four. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they're very well. Maybe '93. Maybe '93. No, I think so. we were in Texas by '94. Were we? Yeah, okay. I think because. Okay. That's when the uh, that's when Atlanta hosted the Olympics. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't think we were I don't think we were in Georgia at that time. Mm. You we were born in ninety one. Yeah. Ninety two. Kirsten was born. So we were probably in Texas by then. Okay. So how was Texas? Wait. So you came to Sharpsburg. Sharpsburg. And then you went and to then Texas. And we moved to Texas. Okay. I'm assuming Dad's job took him to Dallas, Fort Worth. Okay. So Dallas, Texas. Um, you know, by this time I'm. What, three, four, five, six, and uh, that's you know first development of memories and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you remember your first memory? No, not really. I mean, I got a couple. That's kind of a weird question. Well, it is kind of. <laughs> you remember your first memory? Well, I suppose so. 
Um, well, I should ask what is your first the, memory? The fact that you 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 have to remember your first memory. <laughs> yeah, for it. If I you should, didn't, it wouldn't be a memory. Yeah. But I should have got, asked. We get uh, what you were saying. What is your first memory? <laughs> um, <laughs> is it around this time? Is what? No, no, no. I can remember some things in in Sharpsburg. Okay. Um, I had appendicitis in Sharpsburg, so I remember. You're like three. Yeah. Jeez. I remember some some of the things like uh, I don't remember the pain. Um, apparently the, around the neighborhood of the kids there was a stomach flu going around so naturally the parents thought mm-hmm. oh there's just a stomach flu right but according to them it just got worse and worse I don't remember any of the pain whatsoever the pain I do remember is on the way to the ER I got my finger slammed in the door <laughs> on the way out <laughs> I think most people would agree they would much rather have appendicitis than have their finger slammed in the door you know, so, um, you know, I remember being in the hospital room. I remember the gifts that people get well soon, teddy bears and flowers and what have you. So now you're in there for appendicitis, uh, stomach virus, and your finger being sick. Yeah, exactly. You're pretty sick. Yeah. <laughs> and the, pro- the priority went um, the reverse of that. So right. So treated the finger slam first and <laughs> cleared the toxins of the appendicitis. I mean, you don't need your appendicitis. I mean, you don't need your appendix. You need no, your no, finger, no, no, though, no. you know? But it was nice for the longest time. You know, they say that the appendix at some point may have been used in help digesting heavy heavy fiber, okay. leafy greens, stuff like that. Yeah. So for the longest time, when people ask for a salad, I could always pull the, oh, no, thank you. I don't have my appendix. I can't really take <laughs> it down. It gives me stomach issues. You are such an old man. And a young person. That's a dad joke. <laughs> And I laugh at it because I am a dad. <laughs> because some of it is a dad. Not really a dad, but uh, I, I do love dad who, jokes. Who, who didn't put off eating salads until... <laughs> until I still ill. don't eat salads. What, what is this? I kind of had to have necessities since I was vegetarian, but I didn't really like it. Yeah, I, I started eating salads more in my adulthood as well. I mean, so. nope. <laughs> there, there's, I feel me. like there's a reason they put them on the, like one of the first things on a restaurant menu. Is because oh. otherwise you would never get to it. You would never read them. I don't get why they put drinks on the very back. Because every server always asks you, what do you want to drink? And it's like, oh, let me go to the very back of the menu. That's a fantastic point. And figure it out and then come back to the beginning of the menu. Like, why not just put them at the beginning? That's right. Like, I don't know. That was something that me and another friend were talking about the other day. And I was like, what the heck? The the user experience of menus is weird. <laughs> and that's something you don't think about unless you're... Some of the tech guys. Yeah, unless you're in my profession. So, like... Uh, but, yeah, that was just a side note about menus. <laughs> so, you made your way to Texas. Um, at what point did you discover uh, the Game Boy? That wasn't until New Hampshire. Okay. Oh, wow, we got a lot of yeah. ways to go. <laughs> um, video games, you know were a huge part of our childhood. Um, and our parents didn't really, and rightfully so, didn't really like the idea of video games. Yeah, um, mine either. <laughs> yeah, you know, but it's much better to go outside and play. And I agree. Um, nah. <laughs> I, I'm different on it. I'm indifferent on it. Like, yeah. I don't know. Why not both, though? Like, uh, you know. Yeah, why no, not both? A, why not both? I think video games have made us... Video games and just the TV that we watched as children have made us so much more creative um, and have been so important in just, I don't know, developing a sense of an outside kind of imagination that even, you know, nature... It's a, I think it's just like a different form of inspiration to right. towards it's development. It's no better or worse than, like, TV or music or books. It's just a different medium, but yeah. I don't know. During that time, I agree, like, parents were very much against video games, and 
That's because of video game culture, I feel. Um, uh, sure. I mean, with the violence of your Grand Theft Autos. And right. Whatnot. And I think you brought up a good point. As with anything, if you do it in moderation and you have a balance in your life, it's perfectly fine. Totally. And like you said, I mean, you know, parents' generation and grandparents' generation, what's their form of in- indoor entertainment? Yeah. Like books. They're gonna, they're gonna books, re- radio. Books and radio. TV. And they're gonna music. Read. Some, I mean, art. Yeah. Yeah. And so what, ha- what happens when you have a, let's just say, a teenager in the 1950s and all they do is read books inside? Mm-hmm. You know, they're still not getting outside. They're still not playing. Nerd! <laughs> 1950s <laughs> nerd! <laughs> Go out and invent rock and roll, you crazy kids. <laughs> what are you doing with a book? <laughs> so that's that's what, that's all we did, you know. Sometimes it was a little more unhealthy than others. I remember, yeah. I remember sometimes I, I'd get a game and just play it for three days straight until I beat it. I will oh, always look fondly on those... Like summer breaks, where it's just like, all right, we got two video games, and <laughs> sorry, rest of existence, but I'm this here. This is to, where we are. <laughs> here to solve the temple that is Zelda. Yeah, but it's, it's the it's the book that you can't put down. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I I going back to a sort of what you were saying, TJ, where it was like sort of like a, a creative like world that you could go into. Um, looking back at my childhood, it's like that's totally what I use video games for. Um, this is something I've sort of been thinking about in the past year. Like, I use video games as an escape from, like, just my boring, mundane life. Like, it wasn't until very recently where I came to understand, like, where I really grew up and what it meant to not be white or black. Um, and so being, like, sort of like an outsider there and then, like, my family just constantly fighting, I was like, I don't want to deal with any of this, so I would just play games and, like, I would enjoy myself and let people argue and I still do that to an extent, like, I don't play video games to, like, get away from arguments, but I just don't participate in arguments. I don't see the point in arguing. And so I'll just, like, leave arguments and let people do get out if they want. And then come back in and be like, do you guys solve it? Like, do you need me to talk about <laughs> now, things? Now I imagine someone at work when there's a conflict or some big presentation going on and just pulls out his DS. And, I'm just like, is, yeah. everything, is everything clear? Yeah. yeah. Is clear now? What's going on, guys? <laughs> now, something I never got into and... I'm always grateful for just because of the fact that I feel like um, I would have obsessed over it is the MMORPG yeah, genres. Yeah, that was and big for me in high school. In high school, you and one of my best friends, Will Wagstaff, mm-hmm. were really big into uh, World of Warcraft and yeah. the likes of which. Um, looking back on all those hours and time spent on those adventures, um, I mean... Did you do you feel like that's time wasted at all? Like sometimes I do, but other times I don't. Like I definitely put so much time. I spent like three years on it, kind of on and off. But like, I mean, not on and off, but like three years, like pretty much straight. And then like I came to college and was like, okay, I'm going to college. Like I should grow up and like quit video games, basically. And I didn't. I just traded World of Warcraft for something else. <laughs> but when I was playing it, like that was easily like some of my favorite times. Like. I would. I was very like involved in school. Like if I didn't every day after school, I'd stay after until like probably like six with some extracurricular. Like you know, I did marching band, I did lacrosse, I did science bowl, I did academic bowl. And so it's like it wasn't like I wasn't involved in my school and I was antisocial. It was just when I got done with the school day with all these people, like I wanted to go home, have my dinner, and then like you know do my homework if I was feeling up to it, <laughs> and then like play video games and just like be sort of by myself. Um, but the interesting thing was, is like, because it is an MMO, 
I made a lot of friends online that were more similar to me than I found in this small town where there's nobody like me. Like, you know, we're the only Indian family at the school. So it's like I had nobody who was similar to me on all levels. And so this was something, the internet was like the great equalizer where it's like, hey, this is where I can find anybody and they don't care who I am. They just care how well I can like, you know, perform Shoot in the game. people in Halo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so I'm my like, phone stick your grenades. And that's something like we both like were into, like whoever I met. And so it's like we had common ground there. And outside of that, we would talk about whatever else. And so I made friends um, in WoW that I still talk to today. And so, like, it, at the time, like, in, like, 2007, it was kind of weird to have only friends that are online. But then now it's, like, it doesn't matter. Like, that was still, you know, I guess the Internet at that point was, like, about 12 years old. And so, and now it's about, what, 20? And so, like, now the Internet's matured a little bit, and so it's not as weird to have friends who are across the country. But at that point, it was still kind of strange and I don't know, I guess I was just sort of on the forefront of that, and I didn't think it was weird, but a lot of people did, including my parents, and they, like, wanted me off the game forever. Like, they just didn't want to do it, but they were happy to do it because if they didn't, if I didn't have a, a WoW subscription, which is, like, around 60 bucks for every, or maybe it's, like, 80 bucks for every six months or something, that's so much cheaper than buying $50 games, like, every two months. <laughs> and so they were happy to, like, not put as much money into it, um, but... You know, I still put as many hours in, into the game as I would have if I just had a bunch of other different games. Yeah. So, yeah. so, uh, so Ray J, uh, we talked a little bit about Texas, and then I threw out New Hampshire there. Um, or you threw out New Hampshire there. Someone threw out New Hampshire. Uh, Summit threw it out there. Summit threw out New Hampshire. It wasn't me, it was Ray J. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you I threw mean, out, I'll throw New, it out. <laughs> New, New Hampshire, and we spent uh, a little bit of time in New Hampshire, and then we moved back to Georgia. Um, what are your? What was your favorite childhood? Growing up experience, well, you know, obviously you were in a different place maturity-wise as well as obviously geographic location, but um, what would you say was your favorite time and place in your childhood? Hmm. Each location had its its own memories. Each location was a chapter in that childhood book. Um, at the time, it was, it was rough, and I'll get back to the question. At the time, it was rough being uprooted all the time. You know, finally, year and a half, two years at a place, make a group of friends, and all of a sudden, boop, we're moving to another school. Um, now that I look back on it, 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 it was a great experience. It allowed me to meet a whole diverse group of people in different places and let me kind of figure out um, who the different cultures of, of each, even within this, uh, our, this country of ours. Um, so in Texas, Texas growing up as a kid is pretty typical um, sandlot type of group. There's <laughs> there's a group of six to eight of us who would ride our bicycles to school, and this is elementary school. Now you, you just don't see that anymore because roadways are so dangerous. And um, uh, it was great. We played baseball together. Uh, that's when the Nintendo 64 came out. So that was a big year. <laughs> you know, <laughs> my my birthday, my catechism. <laughs> the, the 64 came out. <laughs> I mean, it's huge. Wave Runner. What and, was the first game you got? Uh, well, we didn't get a 64 until we moved here in Georgia. Oh, okay. I think it's been three years after it was released before we finally got one. But we were rocking the Super Nintendo the whole time. Gotcha. And to this day, that's my favorite console. Yeah. Really. I love I love those classic scrolling side games Ninja right. Turtles Mario Kirby 
That's great. It's, it's still GameCube for me. I, I will never, ever disown um, GameCube. But okay, so fu- yeah, so I think GameCube's for me too. Yeah. <laughs> but I grew up with a Sega, so like I didn't have that Nintendo experience. You so maybe. Have, so what you're saying is you didn't have a real childhood. I mean, I had <laughs> Sonic and Battletoads, like, and a bunch of. Uh, That's so deep, man. <laughs> what Battletoads? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's a little bit obscure. I don't what a, know. What a great concept. But uh, <laughs> yeah, Toads, right? They're toads and they fight things and they ride cars. It was cool. It was a side scroller. Yeah. Um, so you liked it, but. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Spider-Man. Yeah. So, yeah, Sega was cool. Um, <laughs> I'm the Sega hipster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hipster from the day I was born. <laughs> uh, so, playing Little League. Oh my gosh, how unprofessional. <laughs> playing. Put that thing on silence. We're trying to run a business here. Playing Little League in Sandlot. The little rascal kind of thing growing up in Texas is great. Uh, in New Hampshire, I didn't I didn't like the cold. <laughs> to, to be frank, it was it was on the East Coast. So it was kind of a slushy kind of cold, uh, and I didn't I didn't care for it. I remember building. We tried to build a ginormous snowman. I don't know if you remember this. A huge snowman. We ended up rolling the the snowballs larger than us, so obviously we can't pick it up to stack them. So what we ended up doing is making uh, six snowballs the same size and calling it a snow caterpillar. <laughs> it just put them in a horizontal By line. the end of that winter, a couple of the caterpillars' different body segments were yellow. Oh, yeah. who was to blame for that? <laughs> I'll, I'll take full credit for that. I'll, I'll wear that badge proudly. Also, just a little side note, I don't want to get into a big deal about it, because I'm not bitter about it. Um, you sound bitter about yeah, it. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty bitter about it. Right, I threw a snowball with a rock in it when we were in New Hampshire and cut my forehead with it. Oh, shit. It was a simple matter of physics. I, need, I needed more weight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Those long you, were you trying Whatever. to snipe him with the snowball? <laughs> yeah. You're trying to maximize pain. I had, I had the distance he didn't. Oh, whatever. So, um, so uh, after New Hampshire, what what comes next? Uh, moved back down to the same area of Georgia, into Noonan, Georgia. And how long did you stay in Noonan? Uh, I'm still here. Yeah, good. <laughs> good. I was afraid we were somewhere else. No, I'm still here. Um, so Noonan was the area you had the this most is home. stability? This is home. Noonan's home. Anyone asks me where's home, I tell them Noonan, Georgia. Like, despite settling here when I'm 10, I feel like anywhere you go, if you can spend all four years in high school somewhere, right? I feel like that, you know. What would you say, TJ? I'd say Noonan. Yeah, I'd call Noonan. Because even even though we went, you know, elsewhere for college, you still have the central, excuse me, family unit at home, still came back on holiday breaks at home, and yeah, that's it for me. How about you? I don't know, like, I've been thinking about, you know, what, what's home for me, and I don't have a good answer for that right now. Like, So when I mean, someone says, Summit, you're drunk, go home, <laughs> where do you go? Um, I mean, right now, I go to Noonan, that's where I'm living, <laughs> uh, but, you know, when I was in Atlanta for two years after college, I mean, I've been in Atlanta for six years, and, like, you know, went to Georgia Tech and spent four years there, and then uh, lived with my best friend in, uh, in Atlanta for two years, and that's what I call home, um, up until very recently, where I had to moved for the first time um, post-college, and I don't know, like, I really liked where I was, like, I liked my friends, and things were really good, um, 
and I don't know. I'm like I'm trying to go somewhere else. Like so, I don't know what I'd consider home. Like yeah, I don't know. I just I just don't have a good answer for that right now. Uh, yeah. Maybe I'll know in a few years. Is, but it, is Atlanta home more than Noonan right now? Probably. Like um, yeah, I would say yeah. Just because I've been there for six years and I just haven't, I've just like been home occasionally. I mean, yeah. wow, I just say home. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> so maybe, maybe, maybe you know. Yeah, so I don't know, but you know, I'm trying to leave the state, trying to get out of Atlanta. Um, so, so you, Ray J, you say Noonan is home, um, but is that where you you're, you currently spend most of your time, or what's what's currently going on in your life? No, I am currently a dental student in Augusta, Georgia, where I reside. Okay. So, so you wouldn't consider I, Augusta I, home? Oddly, no. Okay. Because whenever someone asks me, so so if a classmate asks me in Augusta, where what are you doing this weekend? And I tell them I'm going home, and then you know they would go home home, and I would say home home. Okay. Which indicates Noonan. Right. As opposed to okay, you're gonna go home. They would automatically assume my house in Augusta. So I've done the same thing, like. When I say I'm going home, it's like where your parents are. Sure. Which is, I think a lot of people do that. Like, but is that I think I consider that kind of different than what I'd consider my actual home. Um, and I would do the same thing as you, where I say I'm going home, home, or I'm going to my parents' home, or something like that. When you say home, home, it sounds like some weird cloud atlas talk. True, true. That's true, true. <laughs> the home, home. The home, home. Um, <laughs> so, so you're in dental school, and how many years is dental school? It's a four-year program. Four years. So you get a a DMD degree. DMD, mm-hmm. dental master, dental dude. <laughs> is that what is that what it sounds like? That's probably what it's called. Yeah. So so four so you had you went to uh, college for four years, undergrad for four years. That's correct. And then you went to, uh, or that you're currently in dental school for four years. And what year are you in? Fourth year. So you're 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 on your victory lap. You're on your last uh, home stretch. Home stretch there. That's right. Um, how describe? Because I'm assuming you had friends in undergrad. That, that might be a big assumption. <laughs> but I'm assuming you had some friends in, in undergrad and that that uh, graduated with you. And I'm assuming that a lot of them didn't go on to school for an extra four years. So tell me how that kind of felt from a uh, still in the same, maybe not the same, but it's still in the academic realm while a lot of your friends are out in uh, different businesses, probably moved around a lot. So just give me your thoughts and experiences um, in dealing with that. Well, I've, I've had, I had uh, going through undergrad, I had probably several different groups of friends. I started off with the dormitory friends, and... After two years and moving out of the dormitories, we kind of went our separate ways based on interests and hobbies. And then I had my uh, sort of, I'll call them my fraternity, despite not being in a fraternity <laughs> group of friends. And I don't keep in touch with them as much as, in, as anyone else. They, they all went off to two years of school and then now working in Atlanta. Um, like I said, I didn't keep in touch with them. So, um, and then uh, at the very end, uh, I, I, there was a period between graduating from undergrad and entering dental school where I had a chance to meet a close uh, group of friends, and I'll affectionately refer to them as the pirate crew. And um, I do keep in touch with them. They're more of a, a band of brothers, if anything. And... Uh, we're so diverse 
and interests and uh, as far as uh, where we went for education after school, um, it really doesn't matter. Uh, the one person who kind of took the same path as me was one of my best friends from high school and he's currently in uh, med medicine up in Virginia, but we're separated by geography. So. I, I don't know. I kind of categorize these group of friends um, based on our interest and more so than education and what we've done thereafter. So I have the pirate crew, the fraternity, uh, best friends from high school, and then I have my current classmates. Who Wait, can you go into why they're called the pirate crew? Because I want to hear this uh, explanation. <laughs> sure. So there's a... Uh, there's a group of nerds who TJ introduced me to uh, post-graduation. Uh, if, if any of you ladies need an introduction to nerds, <laughs> I got you. I got a big old black book full of them. So who doesn't need a, who doesn't need a bunch of nerds in their life? A whole know? pirate ship full of nerds, so just let me know. Hit me up. Everybody yeah. can use a nerd in their life. <laughs> uh, and so I was working at the, at the school for a year, and most of my fraternity... Had this is an undergrad? Yeah, this yeah. is an undergrad. Most of my fraternity and friends had moved on. A couple stayed around, so if I ever needed to go to the bar. And anyone who's gone to their alma mater post-graduation knows that it's it's different. Yeah. It, feel, it feels like someone living in your home kind of deal. Totally. And you can't really join them. <laughs> so, uh, TJ introduced me to a group of guys who, like TJ, were kind of on their way out of undergrad. Um and uh, we shared a lot of similarities in our love for sci-fi and um, fantasy. fantasy and all, I mean, all sorts of nerdy stuff. Yeah. Um, Dragon Ball Z, Star Wars, you uh, Lord of the Rings, you name it. And so Pirates is one of these things. <laughs> uh, well, yes. Okay, so the, the, the pirate thing comes about in that we banded together twice a week for a um, RPG, a role-playing game, much mm. similar to Dungeons and Dragons, only instead of being swords and sorcery, it was pirates. Right. I played one of these games actually. One yes. of these sessions. Yes. So exactly. And so, for a whole summer, and to this day, this has been the best summer of my life. We would uh, chum around and play as these pirates, as Twenty-three, twenty-two-year-old men. Yeah, I mean, have a beer, smoke a pipe. And by smoke a pipe, he means PCB. tobacco. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, just so our so Ray doesn't get thrown out of dental school for being a crackhead or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> He's talking about pipe tobacco. Uh, but yeah, so and, so, roll, and roll dice. We roll dice. Roll dice, huh? You don't mm -hmm. roll in other things. Okay. <laughs> no. No tobacco. No tobacco. He's legal guys. Right. Everyone pump the brakes. Um. So pirates. And uh, we pirate themed D and D. Right. Yeah. yeah and uh, these are these are folks who have become, you know, probably my closest friends. Yeah. Totally. You know, where where other ones the the ones in the dormitories. I talk to them maybe once a year. The fraternity. So I'll, I'll see them when they get married. Yeah. And uh, these guys, uh, you know, they talk on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. So, so why did this pirate crew? Why are they the the guys that kind of I guess stuck for lack of a better word? 
maybe it was just the similar interest in all these nerdy things. Um, I don't know. Like with the fraternity, they we got along because we played intramurals together, and we would train for all these intramural championships and. Um, so you're a nerd and a stud. Sign me up. <laughs> typical hunk. Typical. <laughs> what a typical hunk. <laughs> no, no. Uh, but it is a classic undergraduate party scene. You know, yeah. We, we would play beer pong every Thursday, Wednesday, Tuesday night. <laughs> um, our house came became to known college or campus wide as the Grime House because people would come over and they'd spill their sticky mixed drinks and. We couldn't keep up with the cleaning level, and so yeah, it was nasty. Sooner, sooner, it was nasty. You know, as soon as you know it, you were pulling up the linoleum with your shoes because they were sticking uh, to yeah. all the Kool Aid. We had a similar aesthetic in my like crew. Like we were like the party place, but we never we we kept things clean. We we like were we nerded out about parties. Like we were like okay, we have to make sure. We have this many drinks for approximately this many people, and like everything has to be clean and nice because that's what girls like. Like we like over-engineered <laughs> the hell out of our parties, and they were wildly successful. Like I people loved them, yeah. and so yeah, we like you know going as far as nerds do. Like we just tend to just go super into things. Like we did our parties in the nerd fashion, awesome. and it ended up paying off big time. So or, see, that's how that's how I I envision parties, like. You make you make it unique. You make it cool. Yeah. Do a luau theme. Oh yeah. Oh man, one of our best themes was we had a political party, and so what we did was whenever you came into the door, you were assigned one of the two parties: the ninja foxes or the space monkeys. <laughs> and so like people, yeah, you had like a little sticker, like a name tag, like one of our artist friends. She like made these cool ass stickers, and like you know they peel off and everything, and you stick them on your shirt, and you know you like make promises, quote unquote, because like. You like say like two things that were like you would do, and then like one thing that like you wouldn't do, and people would vote on the things like by taking shots, and so like people were just taking shots left and right, trying to get people to do like crazy stuff, like, and so it ended up just being like a total shit show, but like it was so much fun because there was like a theme around kind of drinking, you know, yeah. and like that was like one of the first few times we sort of experimented with themed parties, and it was huge success. Like, All right, so man, we, we get it. You had a much cooler college experience than the rest of us. Hey, man, if I wasn't party. doing this, I was glued to my computer yeah. coding. <laughs> so, so, you know. so before, we're, we're going to have to wrap up here shortly. As much as the uh, people demand more Ray J, he just, he's got he's to go eat, Roy's our boy. Roy is our boy. Our boy. Um, so before we go, uh, I want to ask you a question. Um, I believe, and I, I'm going to assume some it does... If he doesn't, he has no choice but to believe that there are alternate realities out there where uh, the tiniest of changes have made you into something completely different. There's an alternate reality where Summit is bald and actually a pirate. There's an alternate reality where I am a hobo who uh, plays the kazoo for money. Um, if you could choose an alternate reality for yourself, what would that be? What would you, what would that consist of? Oh, my gosh. All right. I'm, I'm going to give you several. Oh, <laughs> I asked for one, several, but whatever, we'll, we'll get it. Because this is a damn good question. First one is uh, trace, chasing dream out of uh, grade school. That is to become a Pokemon master. <laughs> and in doing so... I so you'd be, you'd be in an insane asylum. <laughs> I, I would move to Japan at an early age and help research and developers come up with a theme park with animatronic Pokemon, which people can go and capture them. 
Uh, Pokemon Park. Not, not Jurassic World. No, no, no. Pokemon, Pokemon Park. Park. But it's going to be a horror. Arcanine would be like out like eating people, catching them on fire. Oh, yeah. If you think Jurassic Park terrible, imagine dinosaurs with fire coming out of that's them. That's true, that's so. true. And electricity. Uh, but at least we know their weaknesses. It would be easy to defeat them. I've, got, I've, I've, I've had a whole education on how to beat them. That's uh, right. Pokemon PhD. <laughs> if only. Uh, next reality, uh, coming out of high school, going to the Air Force Academy, following father's footsteps, and being the next... Um, Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. <laughs> uh, Highway to... As long as it has a lot of weird, erotic beach scenes. Of course. Beach volleyball scenes. The 80s are coming back. I mean, perfect timing. Dude, the 80s were 30 years ago. Yeah. I wasn't even alive, so... Neither, but <laughs> I, I have no I have no context of like how long 30, 30 years ago it sounds like a long time. I mean, they're my favorite decade. So were dinosaurs like, alive back then? You know, it used to be the eighties were twenty years ago, and now it's thirty years ago. Um, alternate reality is I never made it into dental school, and I uh, pursued my childhood dream of being a paleontologist. Oh, um, Indiana and, Jones, and, and I would be yeah, Chris Pratt, Indiana Jones, <laughs> out in the uh, the the wastelands of. Uh, South Dakota unearthing dinosaur bones. Um, Very nice. Yeah. And I think those are my alternate realities. Very nice. Very nice. Well, um, we appreciate you coming down. I know you had to travel quite far to get to your own basement. Um, (laughs) So we uh, we appreciate you coming down and uh, letting us pick your brain and talk with you. Of course. I appreciate being here, but I got to go and eat some uh, barbecue ribs. So. Sounds delicious. I'll be right up in just a second. Summit, you can come too if you'd like, but you uh, internet listeners, get your own ribs. <laughs> We're not running a charity here. But uh, thanks, Rage. Yeah, man, see ya. See ya. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was Ray J. Cornet. Uh, it was a great little interview. I got to learn a little bit more about my brother that I, I actually didn't know a couple of those things. Um, that you know, just some of his thoughts on on his past and whatnot. What, what do you What do you think, Summit? Yeah, I mean, you obviously know more about him since he's your brother, but I didn't know he was born in Germany, and I didn't know you guys moved around that much when you were younger. Yeah, we moved uh, around quite a bit. So yeah, I mean, cool stuff to hear. And like, uh, he's a little bit older than me, but I think we're in a very similar stage of life, or at least we have a similar mindset when it comes to people and lifestyles and experiences, I guess. So it's cool to resonate. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, it was great to hear. I think uh, uh, I speak for myself, but I think it was a resounding success, and I think we should continue to bring on uh, family and friends that we think would be interesting, and maybe at some point we can start bringing in strangers. That'd be kind of fun. Yeah, um, I think... I was a little bit overpowering. <laughs> I had some of the times I felt like I was talking too much, but I don't know. I just it just felt natural. That's all right. I'll just edit you out on the on the oh, <laughs> on the, exactly. on the back end. <laughs> so I was a little bit self conscious, like, oh, this is Rage's prime time. I should uh, I should let him talk. <laughs> but, yeah, Rage's prime time to all of our <laughs> listeners, um, all twenty of you. Hopefully, that's I think that's optimistic. Twenty, maybe. I don't know. Like, if we figure out the marketing stuff, I think it'll be fine. Yeah. So maybe, hopefully people are listening. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, hopefully. Well, thank you if you are. Um, uh, we've had a typical hunk time, um, and we hope you join us on the next hunk episode uh, where we discuss hunk topics.
as usual. As usual. Hashtag hunk life. Hunk life. <laughs> Take it easy, guys. Devin,